This is a raw perspective, a fresh point of view. My name is Richard Anthony Wallace, and this one is going to be probably the hardest podcast to talk about. It's coming up, and it's about the passing of my father, Richard Dwight Wallace. With this podcast dropping a day after his passing, well, a year, actually, it's a year to the day, so November 16th, 2018 is when he passed. This podcast drops November 17th, 2019. It's going to be a hard one. So, uh, it's going to be raw, emotional, all of that. So, trigger warnings, this is going to be talking about imminent death, depression, therapy, all of that. So, if you have a faint of heart talking about sudden loss, I advise you to skip this podcast for this week, but if you're here... You're going to hear the details of what transpired uh, the day before, November 15, 2018, and the day of his passing. So, thank you again, listeners, for listening to this podcast. I will try and keep keep it together. <laughs> uh, never can keep it together when you're talking about a loss. So let's go back a year ago, November 15th. The most ironic thing that had transpired is I had received a a physical to do a yearly physical just to make sure that my health was in order by my father's good friend, uh, Dr. Leonard Stallings. I had a clean bill of health. He asked me how my dad was doing and just had surgery uh, for his prostate. He had a large prostate and I was going to go check up on him because I had a half day uh, at work Thursday um, was when this transpired. So uh, get back. I received a text message from my dad on November 15th at 2.33 p.m., the last text message that he ever sent me asking me to do the following. Can you pick up a burrito, brown rice, chicken, pencil beans, hot sauce, sour cream, lettuce? As the sun, I was making the long commute from Loyola to to home Um, I did that because I love my father Um, so I got him his chicken burrito and came inside of the house gave it to him just doing a lot of coughing but it was probably from the anesthesia because he had surgery three days prior so just coughing didn't think much of it. Asked me how my day was. 
Stalin's pretty good. Stalin and I spoke to his buddy, his best friend from college, Dr. Stallings. Said I had a clean bill of health because I was starting to go back to working out. Um, so, doing some coughing, we were catching up. Having a good time. Like we usually do, he would sit in his rocking chair, watch Wheel of Fortune, and say he wasn't feeling too hot, doing a lot of coughing. Um, said he was probably going to go upstairs and go to bed. Uh, but there's a basketball game on. Um, basketball game was UIC versus Williams and Marys. This was the last basketball game that we ever watched together. So he was heading upstairs. I just kicked it with him in his room. It's like, man, I feel like my chest is tight. Is a heart attack on the left side or the right side? I'm like, where's the, the pain at? He says it's on the right side. It's like, nah, that's not a heart attack, man. It's like, all right. Just kept up coughing. Um, but we were watching the game. He was saying, UIC going to lose. And I was like, no, UIC probably going to win. And we would talk and talk and talk. And he was like, man, you're right. And he just kept on coughing. Uh, and I asked him, you want me to get you some tea? Hopefully make you feel better. And he's like, yeah, you can give me some tea. So I got him some green tea with some lemon and some honey. And he drank that and he started to feel a little bit better. And I think the last thing that I ever said to him was like, hey, don't down me, right? <laughs> uh, and if you need me, just holler and we can just go to the doctor. Me not thinking anything concerning from there. I told my father that I loved him and went to bed right after that. Um, my mom was studying to be an esthetician, so she would have late nights um, going to her course to do her esthetician course and she came in late like she usually does don't know what transpired from there I was sleeping and that was probably the worst restless sleep that I had if you believe in feelings and, and, and vibes and like spirits my spirit man was not feeling so hot. I, I heard my dad coughing in the middle of the night. Um, couldn't really do anything besides that. Didn't really think of it. So, November 16th, the day that it happened. All of a sudden, I hear my mother screaming. My mother, Yvonne, was screaming, saying, Rick, come here. So... I make a mad dash to their their room and my father is seizuring and I'm like what's wrong with him? My mom's like, I don't know, call nine one one. I went and dialed nine one one. Um said he was having trouble breathing. He came out of a seizure, was telling my mother that he couldn't breathe. And that's what I told the correspondent on the 911 call was he was having trouble breathing. And they said they, they dispatched the ambulance. Um, Dad was saying that he still couldn't breathe. I called his sister, who was my Aunt Linda, saying that um, he's having trouble breathing and it didn't look good. 
So we decided, and I just wanted to give my auntie a heads up, and I would keep her posted. So I hung up the phone from there. And then um, my mom was like, we got to move him to the guest room. Um, so I had my father on my shoulders and we were walking from the master bedroom to the guest room. And then once we made it to the guest room, he collapsed and you could see the light from his eyes leave. And when he dropped, I knew that he was gone. Yeah, he had a faint pulse, but it wasn't to the capacity of him returning for life and my mom started bawling and I had probably the calmest I was probably too calm during that standpoint watching someone die right in front of you is probably the most humbling experience you can have I would never wish that on anybody in their entire life. Watching your father just lay there motionless, all the life in him, slowly leaving his body. And you're just helpless. And your mom is crying and you're just looking in a state of shock where you have a fight or flight mentality. And then you're just there, just looking like, whoa, what the hell? This man that's been in my life for 28 years is gone. So the ambulance folks come, they run upstairs. I'm like, hurry, hurry, hurry the hell up. They did everything that they could. Had a defibrillator, trying to restart his heart. Um... I was talking with the lead technician, saying it didn't look good. Uh, my mom wanted my father to go to Edwards Hospital, but Rush Copley was the closest thing that ever happened. Was I was close, so my father, lifeless now. Um, they put him on a gurney, on the stretcher, down the stairs. His eyes were still open. I closed his eyes and I told him that I loved him as they put him in the back of the ambulance. I told mom to get in the car as we drove like a bat out of hell to Rush Copley, um, where we were in this waiting room before the inevitable um, doctor saying, I'm sorry, we did everything that we could. Um, so I had a little bit of hope until the chaplain came in speaking with us and then, then the doctor coming in saying, I'm sorry. I had grouped me and my fraternity brothers asking them to pray for my father that he was gone to the hospital. And then before you know it, my father was dead. He was gone never to return again just like that that quick he was gone and I lost one of the best things that have ever happened to my life so the first call that I made 
was to my oldest brother, Lamar, because my mom obviously was distraught. And I told my oldest brother, Lamar, that our father had passed away. And I heard this big sigh from him and said, all right, I'll start making arrangements. Called a couple fraternity brothers. Called my my good friend, Lauren. Told her that my father had passed away. Um, called my boss. Said that my father had passed away. Um, and then I had to tell my brother Kyle that his father had passed away. Um, I was much calmer than I am right now. Um, I couldn't reach him because he was asleep. And then when I did, I told him, uh, Dad's dead. And he's like, quit playing. And I said, I'm not fucking playing. Your father's dead. He's died. He's passed away. Um, yeah, that... It's not a fun phone call. Yeah. So when we had an opportunity to see him, um, his body was looking like he was just asleep. That's what he looked like. Um, looked like my father was sleeping on the cold hospital bed. His skin was getting colder and colder each minute. It was... Yeah, it was nothing to see. I, everything was a blur. All I know is my aunt came in. My aunt Vi was working earlier. She hadn't slept that night. Then my aunt Linda came through. Everybody was a wreck. Screams, hysteria that my father had passed away. Um, called my cousins, I called a whole bunch of people I don't even remember, but I called a lot of people. Um, and, you know, people said if they needed us, they would be there for us. And this is my thank you to those people that were there. Um, one of the most important things I had to say was I wanted to speak at my father's funeral. I did so. Uh, he had his Omega service. He wanted me to do these things, make sure that he had his Omega service, make sure that he was buried at Mount Olivet in Zion, Illinois, and make sure that they weren't around to bury, like the family to bury his body, just have it at the mausoleum and do the service there. Um, the whole thing is still a blur. I don't remember any of it. I remember going to James' funeral home. My brother Kyle picked out the casket. I wrote my father's obituary. Um, the service was, was seamless from my cousins, my aunts. They, they, they hooked it up. They, they made his homegoing celebration a great one. Uh, I just don't remember it all because it's still in the back of my mind. But, yeah, that is, it was, it was a lot. But 
lo and behold, a year later, I wanted to make sure that I was going to therapy. I've been going to grief counseling about every other week um, to have conversations not only about my father, but my life personally. And I've built a great relationship with my therapist to talk about those things. My mom, I don't know how she does it every single day. She lost her best friend of 36 years, just like that. And I still feel like it's still a fucking dream. And my dad's going to come in to the door and be like, psych, I'm here. But it's never going to happen. Um, each and every single day, I become more and more like my father. I check up on my mom a lot. I call her every single day to make sure that she's doing okay or as okay as she's going to be because she's never going to be okay. And I always ask her how I'm doing, but no one's ever asked me how I'm doing. Um, and I, I've been making it, y'all. I really have. Uh, I take it each day, day in, day out. Everybody asks, how's my mom doing? I give the same as answer, as good as she's going to be. It's never going to change because it's going to be as good as she ever going to be. <laughs> and that's, that's all I can do. Um, so, yeah, going to counseling is the best way to cope with a loss. But you'll never technically cope with a loss because you'll never be able to fill a void for 28 years of your life and it's gone because when he died I died too a little bit the things that he won't be able to witness is me having the privilege of being married me hopefully bringing a child into this world me raising that child won't ever get to physically hold him and that's just devastating to me that the man that was 61 years and 61 years is not a long time on this earth you got people that are running for president that are almost 80 years old and my father couldn't even get there I mean he was supposed to live up to 91 but there was another plan in place for that but if I had one more opportunity to be with my father, I would tell him that I love him. I thank him for life. I thank him for everything that he's done for this family. Because we didn't have a GoFundMe for his funeral. He's, he, he set the family up to be be okay but I would trade all that security to have him back and more because I love that man I loved him like life itself and I miss him I miss him so much
And the last text message, man, that last text message was, <laughs> can't believe the last text message was, can you pick up a burrito, brown rice, chicken, pinto beans, hot sauce, sour cream, and lettuce. So that's what I bought yesterday. Was a burrito, brown rice, chicken, pinto beans, hot sauce, sour cream, and lettuce in his memory. So, I love you, Dad. I'll see you in the next life. Thank you for everything that you've given to this family. I'm not even going to ask for a tip this time. I just wanted y'all to hear how I cope with my loss. But if you aren't following a raw perspective, a fresh point of view, please do so. My name is Richard Anthony Wallace. This is a raw perspective. Peace. Peace.